Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez. Here we go. It's a December, Friday, December 3rd edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez. Flyers will be back in action Sunday, not tomorrow. It'll be Sunday at 6 o'clock when they welcome the Tampa Bay Lightning to town and look to exact a little double revenge on the two-time cup champ. And then it's the Colorado Avalanche on Monday, so back-to-back. And how about this schedule this coming week? Sunday, Tampa. Monday, Colorado. On the road, Wednesday in New Jersey. Friday, let's head to Vegas for a Friday night. Not bad. And then back-to-back there as well with a Saturday game in Arizona. Five games from Sunday through Saturday in a calendar week. Five games in seven days. What a paramount stretch of play this will be for the Flyers if they have some hopes of turning things around. Of course, they're coming off that 4-1 loss at Madison Square Garden to the New York Rangers on Wednesday night, and they've had a few days off here. They've had off uh, yesterday, today, tomorrow without a game, and then they're back at it for this five games in seven days beginning tomorrow at 6 o'clock at Wells Fargo. And it's interesting because something that Elaine Vigneault said in his post-game availability after the Flyers lost to the New York Rangers has really stuck in my head. And it has stuck in my head because, A, there's a three-day break and some opportunity to get the boys on the ice and work on some things in practice. And, B, because coaches very rarely change systems. Usually a coach has a system. It's what he believes in. It's what he preaches. It's what he brings no matter what team he goes to go coach. This is how we're going to play. It's really not just a system, but it's a belief system that this is the best way to play the game And this is the way to execute, and this is the way to have the most success in the NHL. This is the system I prefer, and I like this system because X, Y, and Z. Now, his system in the offensive zone is what is known as a 2-1-2-4 check or a 2-1-2 split 4 check. And what that really kind of relies on is forwards, F1 and F2, which are the first two forwards to get into the zone— especially on a dump-in, go in and get there with speed. F1 goes to the the man with the puck, the defenseman with the puck. F2 goes to the other defenseman, takes that D-to-D behind-the-net pass away. And then F3 reads the play, and as they force it to the strong side, that's where defenseman number one will oftentimes come down the wall, pinch, and then F3 will cover the point as D2 then moves to the middle of the ice, sometimes even backing just about a foot outside the zone. And what that does is it forces a team to to come up a side that you're predetermining for them, kind of playing into your teeth, and it causes a lot of turnovers because you're in on it fast. You take away their time, you take away their space, and you take away their options. And it's a really aggressive forecheck in the NHL. But if you don't have the speed, the physicality, to be able to run it, then it's an easy four check to beat. And the way you beat it is that, you know, F, the defenseman that goes in and gets the puck, well, if you're not in it quick enough, we'll have that D to D pass or a quick up and they're outside the zone right away. And the problem is when you don't run it effectively, if the other team does beat it quickly with the one pass or a quick up, then they're going the other way quickly and two of your guys are caught deep. So you don't have as many people to clog the neutral zone, stand up at the blue line, and you're, it's, a, it's a posture that carries some risk. So why did it work for the Flyers two years ago? 
Well, they were a great forechecking team up until the pause of the NHL season. We saw when they came back, though, in the bubble, they weren't nearly as effective with the forecheck as they were, in particular, the second half of that season. But it was still effective, comparatively speaking, to what we see now. But so if they were to switch, there's a couple of options, obviously. There's a 1-2-2, and there's a, a 1-3-1. And if you wonder what the one, about the 1-3-1, Guy Boucher, who used to be the coach of the Lightning, used to run a very passive 1-3-1, and that just clogged the neutral zone. And I remember Chris Pronger, when the Flyers were playing the Lightning one time, and the 1-3-1, he just stood there. They weren't even going to come in and forecheck him, and he's like, all right, I'm just going to stand here. If you're not going to forecheck me, then I'm just going to stand here and bore your fans to death. Because it's so passive and so defensive that it's one that is not very exciting to watch. And the one-two-two is a little bit different. So Elaine Vigneault, let's get to this clip. Because Elaine Vigneault had this to say at, the, at his post-game availability after the Flyers lost to the Rangers 4-1. to You know, we're not scoring right now. We're not finishing. So we're going to have to find a way to win games one nothing or 2-1. to one. And uh, until we get... Uh, uh, some of that finish that I know some of these players have, but definitely right now uh, we're, we're not seeing it. We're not executing it. So uh, we're going to have to tighten up defensively and find a way to win one nothing or 2 or one So when Elaine Vigneault says that we're going to have to win games 1-0 to or we're going to have to win games 2-1, to now they have won four games this season by a score of 2-1. to But in the NHL, trying to win regular season games and make that your hallmark to be able to win games one nothing or 2-1 to one is incredibly difficult. First of all, there's obviously such little space or such m- small margins for error. And the amount of pressure that it puts on goaltending is just incredible. To do that through the remaining, what, 61 games of this season is obviously not an option. So when he says that, maybe it's a bit tongue-in-cheek. But is he saying that because he's alluding to the fact that maybe it would be better served for his team to play a less aggressive forecheck, to move to a 1-2-2 or a 1-3-1? Now, on a 1-3-1, if it gets beat, there could be an odd man rush. If it gets beat through the neutral zone, there could be an odd man rush with the one back, the one defenseman. Now, the three in that equation, really make it difficult, and you try and clog them in the neutral zone. So let's just say they move to a 1-2-2. And let's first dispel the notion that players would take a really long time to adjust to a 1-2-2. These are professional hockey players. They played for different coaches at all levels, all growing up. And I can guarantee you there's not a person on the team that's never played a 1-2-2. First of all, it's probably, and not probably, it is the most common four-check system in the NHL. The Flyers play a 1-2-2 neutral zone right now. They play a 1-2-2. So it's not something that would be foreign to the players. It's something that, yeah, it would be an adjustment, and there's probably certain elements of it that Elaine Vigneault would, would want, and maybe those elements take a little bit of time, but this isn't like introducing you know, somebody to a new language for the first time and having to learn it. This is something they've all done before. And a 1-2-2 does suit the personnel of this team more than the 2-1-2 does right now. Now, the 2-1-2 can work 
if you're getting up the ice as a five-man unit. And we saw that a little bit when Ryan Ellis was here in the beginning of the year, and we saw it two years ago. Because if you come up as a five-man unit, you attack as a five-man unit, you can get in on the 2-1-2 a lot better as a five-man unit. If you don't do that, then you're a team that is going to suffer. And a 1-2-2 is a little bit more forgiving. It involves a lot less risk. And it's also one that kind of lends to the talent that they have. Flyers are not the fastest team in the NHL. They are not the, the most physical team in the NHL. But they are a team that positionally could play a 1-2-2 and be successful at it. So, so again, you just have to wonder as coaches' belief systems and, and their, you know, their systems, is this something that we'll see out of Elaine Vigneault? Was that quote that I just played you, was that timed kind of perfectly with three days off between games? Or are we going to go out and we're still going to see the 2-1-2? Because I feel like with the group of players they have right now, the injuries they're dealing with, and what is stacked against them right now, the 2-1-2, we talked about it on the intermission reports and other uh, broadcasts and on this podcast, that they may not have the personnel suited for the 2-1-2. Now, one last thing I want to touch on as well, because it went around the internet quite a bit on social media uh, yesterday, and it's the goal that Chris Kreider scored for the New York Rangers and how Travis Konechny and Kevin Hayes absolutely flew the D zone. And then there was a turnover that happened when Scott Lawton was just unable to get enough under a backhand to flip it out into center ice. And it was a turnover, and it ended up in the back of the net after a couple of great passes in the O zone from the Rangers. And, you know, when you look at that play, and it was interesting because Elaine Vigneault postgame didn't fault Travis Konechny or Kevin Hayes for leaving the zone early. He kind of looked at it and said, that's a play that Scott Lawton makes. If he, if he knocks that off the glass, then it's an odd man rush going the other way. Now, I think, there's, I think they blew the zone a little too early, and yet Lawton did not get enough on the clear, and he'd be the first to tell you that he can't turn the puck over like that in that spot. But I will tell you that I think that's more what happened on that play. Is more a pro- It's not necessarily last year. It's more a product that the team is struggling to score. And each of those players knows that the team is struggling to score. They're both struggling to score. And an odd man rush situation is a prime opportunity to score in the game. They're, I think at that point, they're, uh, they're down two to nothing, and that's the third goal to make it three to nothing. So each one of those players is trying to get out on the rush, partially because not only it's a good opportunity and they thought that Lawton could get him the puck, but because the team is struggling offensively so much, so much, so I think that's part of that equation as well. It doesn't make it right wingers should not be flying the zone. It doesn't make it right that Scott Lawton didn't get enough on that clear. Those things do happen, and they end up in the back of your net. But um, I think a big part of the the equation here is that the team's struggling to score, and those two players are trying to get out on a rush opportunity to create a good opportunity to score. So on one hand, you go, can't do that. But on the other hand, you go, that's kind of where we are right now. If you want to score, you got to incur some risk. And in that case, it ended up in the back of the net. So uh, I'm not coming down too hard on them. When I first saw it, I was like, oh, my God, they blew the zone. But upon further review and kind of really thinking about it, uh, there's a reason for that. And that's because the team is struggling to score 
so badly right now. All right, Flyers will be back in action coming up on Sunday when they take on Tampa. It'll be Tampa and Colorado back-to-back, two of the premier teams in the NHL. A lot of high-end talent on both of these teams. Kale McCarr and Nathan McKinnon with the Colorado Avalanche, Mika Rantanen, and then obviously what we've seen so far from uh, the, from the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, Steven Stamkos, Braden Point, Andre Vasilevsky, Victor Hedman. I mean, there's a lot of talent. So we'll count that down uh, coming up tomorrow on Saturday's episode. But everybody, have a great Friday. Kick off your weekend right, and we'll talk to you on the next episode of Flyers Daily.